We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hall of Fame Ravens defenders, goats, if you will, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, obviously they know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and they've been watching this 2023 Ravens squad, Sarah, as we all have, and they gave their thoughts on whether Baltimore has the guys in-house that can bring home franchise ring number three. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett from Rome. It is Friday, December 8th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by Game Time. So, Sarah, in what seems like an annual occurrence at this point, Lamar Jackson missed his first practice of the year on Thursday, and it wasn't related to an injury. Meanwhile, Mike McDonald provided an update on Marlon Humphrey, ahead of his potential return to play this weekend. And Todd Munkin, he gave an honest self-assessment of where things are offensively. And then we'll offer two ways the offense can take things to even a higher level of production coming out of the bye. We've got all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So this is every once in a while we do this, like you find a piece of content or I find a piece of content and whoever doesn't find it doesn't listen to it until it's live. And it's like sort of this (laughs) spontaneous reaction. So that is what we're doing here. So without further ado, I hand the baton off to you for the Ed Reed nuggets that you got. Yeah. So Ed Reed was on the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark and everybody else that's over there on that podcast, Ryan Clark, a former Steeler. Um. It was well over an hour long, um, probably an hour and a half or so. I listened to the whole thing, but Bobby, we all know my consuming habits. I listened to double speed, <laughs> so I got through it pretty quickly. But to be kind, when I grabbed some sound bites, I did put it at regular speed for all the normal people out there. But lots of good stuff in this interview. I encourage everybody to go out and listen to it. Ed Reed got into things about, I mean, really deep about when he lost his brother. Uh, I think it was in the middle of the 2011 season, um, who unfortunately had an accident in the Mississippi River. Just so sad. But he talked about how he got through that with his parents and actually how he felt like 
He used that to help Tori Smith following that when Tori Smith lost his, but really, I mean, just deep, deep personal stuff in that podcast. I encourage everybody to go listen to it. But at the end of the podcast, of course, they had to ask, you know, have you been watching? Have you been watching your Ravens, this 2023 unit? And do they have what it takes to bring home ring number three? Hey, man, do you, do you still keep up with the Ravens? Do you still? Yeah. Do you still watch them? When you look at... Yeah, I watch Red Zone. Yeah, I watch Red Zone. <laughs> you know, you're like, you didn't have offense. No. They got Lamar Jackson now. Oh, man. When, when, when you sit back, how fun is it to watch this Ravens team yeah. with that dude at the helm? Come on, bro. It's like, it like when Vic was... Like we, when we played against Vic, when Vic was there for us, mm -hmm. it reminds me of that. You can hear the excitement, people talking about it. you watching the plays. Like, God, Lamar did... Da, da, da. Yeah, it's special, bro. Yeah. It's special. From a Ravens perspective, I always, you know, I'm like you. Like, I'm critical, mm -hmm. you know, of, of how we were in the, in the building. But I'm also like a coach and like trying to help. Mm -hmm. You know, I try not to be as critical, but I try to help from the background, you know. But it's special watching them, man. The, with, uh, you know, Roquan now and the defense finally starting to, that defense is not what your defense was, yeah. but finally starting to play play good football. Yeah. Do you think uh, it's it's time or they got opportunity to get number three for the organization? The Ravens got a chance to win the third? Yeah, I mean, since Lamar been there, I've been excited about number three coming. Um, but I also know it takes the whole kid and caboodle. I mean, even the city. Right. People don't understand what it takes to win a championship. Like, it take everything, even the city. That's why I know it's so hard to win in Miami, <laughs> especially as a pro team. Yeah. College is a little different. Pro team, tough. All right, Bobby, your first time seeing it. Your reaction to Ed Reed talking about this squad? Well, he's right. You know, since Lamar came to town and took over for Joe in season in 2018 and, you know, rode that 2019 magical ride and unanimous MVP and, winning over 70% of his regular season games that he starts. I mean, yeah, there, is, there has been an expectation since he came into the building. And to hear it from any member of the fan base is one thing, but a guy who's much more than just, a, you know, some, some fan out there who, who's been following the Ravens, like one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to ever play his position, a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion, you know, the greatest Raven alongside Ray, it just puts it on a whole new, whole new level. You know, it's funny too. Ryan mentioned like, Hey, look, these Ravens, these 2023 Ravens, they're elite defensively speaking. They're not what your defense was. And I started thinking to myself, like, actually, I feel like every CBS broadcaster every other week puts up these statistics where at least in a category or two, they're actually mirroring past defense of the Ravens, including the 2000 group. So it's kind of like, wow, yeah, this this group is is legit. And in every phase, every level, they have dogs and just this this mentality that is game changing. So it, cool to hear Ed's perspective. I know the last time that we kind of heard from him, or at least I know last time I was listening to what he was up to, it was with the whole kind of the saga with Bethune Cookman. So it's good to good to hear from him in a different light for sure. Yeah, well, he talked about all of that. Uh, if you're interested in all that, yeah, I mean, he said he's like he said uh, he feels like he said too much and did too much. So, but he got pretty oh, really? deep into that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. There's he he went deep into it. He he said he didn't regret it because he feels like he was right, but felt like he did. Yeah, he may have done too much there. So, mm. uh, and and Ryan Clark praised him for like his maturity and and being able to self assess and all that kind of stuff. So, but no, I had the same reaction when he was like, "It's like having Michael Vick," and and to your point. So I shared this stat the other day in one of my solo ones. So the Ravens PR team had put out stats of where this defense ranks among all the defenses in the John Harbaugh era. So we're talking from 2008 on, which John Harbaugh had Ray Lewis and had Ed Reed and had Terrell Suggs and had Haloti Nada and all that. So, I mean, there were a lot of years of defenses with these two Hall of Famers. Now, Ed Reed was not part of that 2000 greatest of all time defense. I'm not, I'm not even trying to go there with that one. But among all the defenses in the Johnny Harbaugh era, this one through 13 weeks ranks number one out of all those in points allowed per game, number two in net yards allowed per game, number one in rush yards allowed, number one in red zone defense, number two in a opponent passer rating and number one in third down defense so when ryan clark says this defense wasn't as good as those other ones it's like ah! <laughs> you know like statistically they're right there now this uh, they didn't they didn't put down turnovers because when you got ed reed and all those interceptions i know gino stone's been doing his thing uh so this isn't a complete picture but i mean it's right there that being said you need certain type of leadership and personalities to take it over the top to Ed's Ed's point. I mean, we basically got like a whatever. I don't want to compare Vic and, and Lamar too much. There's the obvious comparisons, but like he's basically saying, man, it's like Vic with our defense is kind of the, what I took of what them saying there. Right. Like, and that's kind of what it is. But I think Lamar obviously has more potential than Vic. I think that Lamar can take it all the way. But speaking of leadership, and we never caught, we never, um, we never spoke to this when it first came out. But um, right before that Thursday night game against the Bengals, Jamison Hensley of ESPN did a feature story on Roquan Smith, and it kind of opened up talking about how Roquan went to a Ray Lewis. Um, went to a Ray Lewis youth camp when he was young and he went to this drill and then somebody said, no, 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 do it again, do it again. And he looks up and it's Ray <laughs> and Ray's telling him how to do this drill. And then Roquan did it, you know? And so they've known each other for quite some time, but in that piece, Ray Lewis says the following about Roquan. He says, when you look around the league, there's only a handful of leaders that can actually lead a team to a championship. I think Roquan is one of them. So that's what Ray says about Roquan. So I think you've got a team that statistically is there. I think you have an offense that's there. Sure would like to have Mark Andrews back, but with, with Lamar and this running game, you want to see the tackles get stronger, but they have the pieces. They obviously have the defense to do it. So uh, it's just pretty cool that like Ed and Reed, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, they see it. We did an episode yesterday all the current guys see it, but are trying not to get ahead of themselves. But that's pretty cool that both these guys, you know, yeah, they see it. You know what, too, Sarah? Like, I don't think you could really argue against 
like the number one priority and then the difference between last year's team and, and this year's team is obviously the investment that the organization made in putting playmakers around Lamar, right? Like that's probably inarguable. But mm -hmm. to me, the second most important has been the, this emergence and this presence of Roquan. To hear Ray, arguably the greatest leader who's ever stepped foot into the National Football League, say that on one hand that there's only a handful and two, that Roquan is one of them. And not just because he's trying to fill the shoes that he once filled so so greatly, so admirably, so so dominantly for so many years in the exact same position, in the exact same organization. I, like it, That to me speaks so many volumes. We remember the NFL Films meetup that they had this past offseason. We had a chance to ask Roquan about it. Clearly, there's a relationship Last year's Pro Bowl, they were hanging out on the sidelines together. But I get the sense that Ray, even if there wasn't a relationship, he's speaking from the heart, and he's there's no BS involved in that statement. And and every team needs a Roquan Smith, but not everyone has one of them. Baltimore's lucky enough to have one of them. So I just wanted to grab a couple, but not on this championship, kind of like their analysis of the team, but I just grabbed two other <laughs> clips from Ed Reed. Again, go listen to the whole thing. This was hilarious to me, though. Just like, this is like goat talk right here. I won't even set it up because I, I put the question in here and everything. I love this. Uh, you faced a lot of legendary quarterbacks. And just the name of two of them, Tom and, and Peyton, obviously. Yeah. So those guys were just amazing. They played in a different era. Could you play in this era? Yeah. What would you do in this era? Pick off more balls. Mm-hmm. They throwing more. They throwing, they throwing a lot more which is exciting for me. Mm -hmm. I was a ball guy. Like, I'll hit you, but we know getting that ball, yeah, got the ball man. is where it's at. Right. Turnovers, you know what I'm saying? So, hell yeah, I would love to play in this league. <laughs> <laughs> Just with a straight face, Bobby, he's like, what would you do in this area? era? Just straight face. Pick off more balls. Like, like, just matter of fact, just matter of fact, they're throwing more. So I'd have more opportunities. I'd pick off more balls, just like legend goat talk. Like, and nobody in the room was like, yeah, right. Like, it's like, yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. And there was zero hesitation as if not only did they ask him or maybe tell him about that question coming up more so along the lines of that, that he thinks about it on the daily, you know, like that's, that's yeah. my favorite part about that at, at first glance. All right, so one more quote. So this one I, I picked, maybe it's just because I w worked in the building for so long while Ed was there. Like, he was drafted in, uh, was it 2001 or 2002? It might have been 2002. I came in at 2005, and so I was there for the rest of his career as a Raven. And it really was, and I've said this before, Ed Reed was so hot and cold, so hot and cold. When he was in a good mood, it was like, oh, this is great. But then out of nowhere, it'd be like, Ed, don't mess with Ed today. Like, just don't, don't mess with them. And I thought this was perfect how they asked this question. And I love how Ed, Ed took it. So I had to bleep out a, a few curse words. But maybe it's only inter interesting to me because I, I know kind of the behind the scenes, Ed. This is great. Uh, we, you know, hey, man. Appreciate it. But you always <laughs> on the edge of pissed off, though. Yeah. <laughs> you like you, it's, it's like you smiling now, but I can see you cussing my side if I ask the wrong question right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you always like, <laughs> I'm an old school cat like Listen, that. Listen, 
like, like, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's that, I think it's that edge. It's that, it's almost yeah. they talk about that switch. Yeah. And I see you off the field and on the field, that switch. Where does that switch come from? Because I swear to God, like, if you got mad right now, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, but man. you're smiling. It's that, it's that old school way, bro. Um, I'm real old school, you mm-hmm. know. Um, them old school cats was, was pretty down to earth. But they were serious when it came down to it. Like, that's, that comes from my dad, man. My dad the nicest cat, but you piss him off, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much over. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, I mean, that's just how it was, man. That's just how, that's how they, that upbringing for me was like that, you know? So, you know, it's like you handle your business, you go to work, you do what you got to do, and then you let loose, you know? Mm-hmm. When I saw them pissed off, they was pretty pissed off. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's where that come from. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Like, that is probably the best description I've heard of him, that Ed Reed is always on the edge of pissed off. Like, that's it. And and I love that he's, like, not in denial. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, but – and he's like, I am. He's like, I'm just serious. I'm just serious. But I got to be honest, Bobby, most of these guys that become great, they are serious. Like, they can laugh and they can have a good time, but that's not, like, what they lead with. Like, they are serious seriously about their business. I get that vibe from Roquan. I get that vibe, even though he's not as intense, I get that vibe from Lamar. Again, he's not as intense as these guys, but he's serious. Like he's like, it's not like he's going around like, you know, pulling pranks on people or whatever. Like it's just, they're just, they like lead first with being serious about their business. And Ed was, that's the perfect description on the edge of pissed off. I love the self-awareness to your point there, right? Like yeah. in his reflective years here, looking back, like he is super, super self-aware. And it brings me back to, you know, when he said the whole old school thing, well, there's a lot of people that have come through Baltimore, some of whom are, are still there, who I think symbolize that old school mentality. And Ozzie Newsom is one of them. And just before we kind of segue to an awesome Daniel Jeremiah story on Ozzie, who, who was a former scout who we've referenced many times here on the vault for the Ravens. It brings me back to like one of my first ever events. It was the sort of a, I think it was like a Port Covington pre-celebration for Brian Billick before he was set to go into the Ravens ring of honor. I think back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and I remember going up to Ozzy at this event and literally I hadn't even been employed with the Ravens radio for like a month. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Newsom, I'd love to have you on the show for a quick couple minutes, right? I have like my handheld recorder with me. And he just looked right at me and goes, I don't do interviews. I think I've told this before, but he just dressed me down. You know, like I don't do interviews. What the, you know, looking around for somebody like who who had this kid in the tent, you know? (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, like, you know what? I probably, I love, like, I love that I just went and did that. and, And I have like the confidence as a young guy to go do that. But his old school mentality yeah, probably got to have somewhat of a relationship with him. There's got to be some sort of familiarity there, and I got to earn my stripes in this dude's eyes. So uh, that just kind of yeah. brought me back to that moment, and I thought Daniel Jeremiah kind of segueing here shows you that in my in that moment for me, not knowing Ozzy, of course, knowing the stature of him, knowing that the resume, the take the you know the championship caliber guy that he that he is, and the Hall of Famer that he is, I knew that. But of course, the first first impression. My young self's like, oh, you couldn't give me the time of day when really you start to get to know him a little bit and hear stories like this about what made him so successful and what makes him such a good listener in this sense. 
uh, it kind of all comes to fruition. Ozzie Newsom was special. Why? He's the best listener I've ever been around. I, I think that that comes with humility, um, and that's something that's rare. This guy's one of the best players in the history of the NFL, and you'd be sitting in a room, and you'd have first and second year guys, you know, and personnel, and he would sit there and listen, take notes. Um, he didn't. He wasn't the first to inject and offer his opinion. Everybody in the room got to have a say. So, I mean, one of the jobs for early scouts is you're driving guys to physicals. You're driving, picking them up at the airport. We had to give a van grade and, and we had to tell them what we thought of the player in the time we spent with him in the van on the way to Johns Hopkins to get him as physical. And this all went, he collected all of this information before he made a decision. He didn't make a decision and then search out facts to support whatever decision he'd arrived at. He was so patient and, and, and humble and listened and he had, um, he has an unbelievable feel, um, for players. Like they can be in a combine interview room where everybody thinks canned answers and you don't really learn anything he could figure guys out i mean i'll give you a quick a quick story on that so we yeah. have uh the year michigan had a zillion defensive players um mm-hmm. coming to the draft so this is like the leon hall um yeah. all, all those guys uh, woodley was on that it was harris it was uh, prescott burgess tons of guys so everybody that would come in there he would ask them uh so who is the leader of the defense and they would all say david harris david harris david harris david harris um, and then we got, it's been a long time, so I guess I can say it, but it was Prescott Burgess came in and said, uh, uh, who's the leader of the defense? He goes, I am. You know, so I'm sitting there thinking, well, there's no, what do you say? It's a, he said, she said type thing, right? You're not going to get to the bottom of this. And so Ozzie goes, so you're the leader of the defense? And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, all your teammates said David Harris is the leader of the defense. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the leader of the defense. He goes, did you guys ever watch tape as, uh, you know, away from the facility? He goes, every Tuesday night we watch tape. And Ozzy goes, who held the clicker? He goes, David Harris. Ozzy goes, we're good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was, but like, who thinks of that? Like, who would have thought to go down that line of questioning? Now, the hilarious part is David Harris goes really high in the draft. We took Prescott Burgess in the sixth round. So it all, it all ended up uh, working out for Prescott, but he, he knew how to get to that answer. Like who would have, who would have put that together? That who holds the clicker is going to tell you who the leader of the defense. I mean, he's not just blowing you sunshine. Know? I mean, it, it's crazy. Ozzy really was a good listener. I mean, he really was. He didn't like doing interviews, like to your point, but he. That's everybody says that about Ozzy. He doesn't have to be the loudest guy in the room at all, and that's usually where yeah. the people who are like. I mean, who exude wisdom? It's because they're listening. Exactly. The, the van grade is what got me going. Like the van yeah. grade <laughs> yeah. for scouts yeah. on the way to and from the airport, to and from physicals. <laughs> like who who thinks of that stuff? So yeah. I just thought that was cool. Daniel Jeremiah is a great storyteller, obviously. And before we get to the next segment, which we're going to take a look at uh, some coordinator press conferences and what Lamar's dealing with right now, which caused him to miss Thursday's practice. Uh, like we mentioned at the top, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. And this is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They do it all. And I know I've had some great experiences with them as well, having used the app for a while now. I, I I know you and I both love the last-minute feature that Game Time provides just because of our schedules that are constantly changing. And we've had our fair share of frustrating ticket-buying experiences, but Game Time just runs such a smooth and convenient operation. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. 
You're buying tickets in seconds, literally with just two taps. So consider taking the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and if you use code RavensVault, you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms do apply. You create an account and redeem code RavensVault for twenty dollars off. You can download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All that information can be found in the show notes below. And a huge thank you to Game Time for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. Here's what you can believe, even though it's unbelievable because it happens every year around this time, is that Lamar was not spotted during practice. And according to Ian Rappaport, he's dealing with an illness. Sarah, what do you make of this? Is it a nutrition thing? Do you just flip it to the coin? I mean, what, what is going on here with Lamar and these strange illnesses this time of year? I don't know. Aren't, didn't you just get sick? <laughs> I think, I think I, maybe some of my habits are rubbing off on them. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there's the category of does he like he's a stomach kind of thing, which there does seem to be a slight history there. But I remember when he signed his contract and he went on the lounge podcast, he was talking about how like, He's completely changed his eating habits. Doesn't seem like there's been any like <laughs> eating illnesses. Okay. What I chalk this up to, especially when it was first reported that he was not at practice. I was like, well, we just talked to him on Wednesday after practice, not before practice. He wasn't injured. Rashad Bateman had missed that practice with an illness. They worked together as quarterback and receiver. So my first thought was oh he's probably got what Rashad had now I don't know if that is true but but what Ian's saying here is that it's an illness it's December things go around in December pretty sure all four of my kids have been sick you've been sick I'm sure it's gonna hit me pretty soon uh better now than in January so hopefully it'll be like Rashad where he's only out a day but we'll find out soon Lamar I wish I could have help you out in this category my man but i am struggling just as much if not more than you with sleep issues probably nutrition actually not nutrition clean cuisine's got me covered but yeah I i'm not a clean bill of health at all in this department <laughs> <laughs> you you just you just work hard you got to tell yourself to go to sleep instead of working till all hours of the night that's what that's what your issue is <laughs> yeah Get my butt back from Europe so we can stop this six-hour time difference nonsense. What was I thinking doing a 10-day bi-week trip? Somebody tell Whatever. me around May. All right, somebody, hold on. Uh, just real quick, just so I can throw this out there in the universe. Somebody hit me up next May when inevitably the schedule release comes out. I take a look at the bi-week six months in advance for fall 2024 and proceed to book something. When I book it, because I'm going to book it, but when I book it, just cut it in half. I've done two... <laughs> Two back-to-back trips, 10 days worth. Like, do a five-day thing and be okay with it. Somebody tell me that next May. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll just... Just throwing that out Because nobody, li nobody likes to tell a grown man what to do, but what we can do, Bobby, is, <laughs> is screen record what you just said, and we'll send it. You know, it's like Michael Scott leaving notes right. for himself via video. You know what I mean? So that's how we'll do it. Keeping receipts uh, for myself. Perfect. Yeah, Meanwhile, everybody else was at practice today, including, or excuse me, on Thursday, including Rashad Bateman uh, and uh, Marlon Humphrey. Here's Mike McDonald on Humphrey. I mean, you guys know Marlon, and Marlon at his best is uh, as good as they come. So I'm um, glad that he's feeling better, you know, and he's, he's trying to get to speed, but he looks good right now out there for sure. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Easy peasy. Right there too. It does sound like yeah. Marlon's going to play. I feel like I feel like everybody's going to play unless something crazy happens between... Now on Sunday, I feel like uh, everybody will be available that's on the 53-man roster. So, meanwhile, Todd Munkin, as you know, Bobby, was um, asked about the assessment. This is the first time we've talked to him since they've been back from the bye week off. What's the assessment of the offense, this new offense that you have implemented? Um, I think we've come a long way from the beginning of the year in terms of process. and We've been doing things better. You know, do we still have a long ways to go? Like, you know, in terms of just being consistent. Um, but there's a lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of things we are doing well. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes in the bye week, as you assess things, you um, got to be careful to not overreact because you you do want to clean up some of the things that you think you have a chance to look at and get better at and assess where you're at. But uh, remember some of the things you're really good at and kind of try to build on that. Might be safe okay, to so- say that everybody's sick in that building. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's on 100% either, does he? <laughs> I mean, those coordinator, by the way, those coordinator pressers were, like, short. And usually Munkin oh, yeah. will, like, talk and talk and talk and talk. He he wasn't doing that today. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's no. 100% either. So, well, sick or not sick, I didn't expect him to, like, give us a list of all the things that he feels like they can do on offense because it kind of needs to be a surprise attack. You know what I mean? So, however, our guy, uh, Jonah Schaefer over at the Baltimore Banner, I really enjoyed a piece he did this week about he had several ways the Ravens could take their offense to another level. Um, I just wanted to take two of them and, and discuss them here real quick off the back of, of Munkin here. So he said there's two things we the Ravens could do. So number one, he says uh, talking the attacking downfield passing. So let me read what he said here. He's very analytical by the way, Jonah Schaefer. So there's going to be some numbers here. I'll try to like not rattle off all of them. But he said the bad news for the Ravens passing game is that Jackson's downfield accuracy remains below average. 
He ranks 28th in completion percentage, which is at 27.5% among the 31 quarterbacks that, that have at least 20 deep passes. That's according to true media. Okay. He says the good news, Jackson isn't overly reliant on those deep passes. With his 40 attempts, Jackson ranks 12th in deep passing rate. Okay. So it's not a lot. So what he's saying is though, okay, so you don't do it a lot. Uh, when you do do it, they haven't been particularly successful. But Bobby, I feel like this thing's going. I feel like we've been seeing like they tried several times before the buy, and it's like just keep taking the shots. You, that's the only way you can learn to get on the same page with your receivers like this. Just keep taking the shots. Now, Schaefer got even more specific on how they take the shots, and I 100% agree. Up till now, I mean, they've been using Zay Flowers everywhere, including in kind of a gadget role. But I feel like Keaton Mitchell can be used there, or. Um, Devon Duvernay can be used there and you can start using Zay more on these like more like, and they do use them a little bit, but I think more on like these, these pass pro kind of routes and all that kind of stuff. So this is what Jonah says. He says the Ravens best hope for a breakthrough deep threat might be rookie wide receiver Zay flowers who flourished in that role in college. According to NFL's next-gen stats, the first-round pick leads the Ravens not only in deep routes routes run, which is 62, deep pass targets at 13, and deep pass catches at 5, but also separation downfield. On average, he's 2.9 yards from the nearest defender when the ball is released and 1.9 yards from the nearest defender when the pass arrives. Both team high marks that rank near the league average for wide receivers. So I'm I'm here with it. Like, let's use this kid's speed. Let's use his route running and his ability to, sh like, shake defenders. And let's try to use him more as a deep pass threat. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I, I'm, you and I are in agreement with the whole, like, it's it's not there yet, but it's coming. You know, like, mm -hmm. keep keep taking shots. Keep spreading the ball around. Um, wouldn't mind another, uh, a slant or two for Odell Beckham jr. Who clearly sure. still has that in his bag, right? Let's dial that up once or twice a game because the, that conversion rate looks, has looked pretty good so far this year. Let's get Bateman more involved. I want to see him get, get him in the deep ball game as well. Not just Zay, and, um, and hopefully all those things are, are still to come because, you know, you get the sense too, like. Greg Roman always talked about the vault so much so that we named a podcast after it, but he would always say like, Hey, we're, we're not, we're, we're not revealing everything we have in there. Or, you know, always talking about how deep and how much depth the vault has. Well, I get the sense that Todd's play playbook goes pretty dang deep too. And perhaps he's saving some of that stuff for the waning few weeks here and, and, and hopefully into postseason as well. All right. So here's just the second one that I want to highlight a, a way to like get the offense to keep moving more. Jonah Schaefer suggests using running back Keaton Mitchell versus light boxes. Okay, so under Todd Munkin, the Ravens have been using way more 11 personnel, right? One back, one tight end, three wide receivers. So they've done 351 plays with that 11 personnel. And when they did that, they, on 77.5% of those 11 personnel plays, the 77.5%, they faced light boxes, meaning six or fewer defenders aligned between the tackles near the line of scrimmage. 
So when you've got the three, you got to spread, uh, you know, your the the defense out, and then they got to put more defensive backs rather than trying to like stack it against the run. So he says. Quote, rookie Keaton Mitchell's emergence has made the Ravens especially dynamic in space. On just 29 carries this season, the Jet Quick running back has five games of at least 20 yards. All but one of those explosive runs came in 11 personnel and against a light box. So keep Keaton Mitchell's perfect for that, right? When he's like the speedy guy, you have 11 personnel, it's like a faster package. Keaton Mitchell's perfect for that. And when you want to like, run it down their throats when they know it's coming. That's when Gus Bus can come out. So use Keith Mitchell against those light boxes. I also agreed with Jonah Schaefer on that. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, speaking of taking shots, like how about keep taking shots in the screen game for Keaton? Because he's had at least one and a couple that have, that have gone for positive yard situations. I know that the majority of the fan base, when they, they hear the word screen in recent years, they're like, no, 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 no. Like that, that ain't happening. There's nothing positive yardage about that. But telling you Keaton opens up a world of possibilities and I hope that uh they get him much much more involved than just um on the ground but uh speaking of getting involved you can by going to baltimoreravens.com forward slash pro bowl and that's to get a lot of these guys that that you see you like that (laughs) a lot of these guys involved you can get involved go ahead I shouldn't have pointed out it was just smooth yeah, that's right. You can, you, you can see every once in a while, my radio days come out, you know, every once in a while, but <laughs> Kyle Hamilton and Geno Smith are leading the way for the Ravens right now in terms of pro bowl voting and whatnot, as are Roquan Smith and Kevin Zeitler. So you can go to baltimoreravens.com forward slash pro bowl to do your part to get these guys in. If I'm not mistaken, Kevin Zeitler has been around the league for a very long time. And I don't believe he's ever been nominated for a Pro Bowl. So let's change that because he's you been be very correct, durable sir. for this team. Yes, I thought that was the case. Because you know who always tweets about it? Cole Jackson. He's obsessed about it. And I love it <laughs> because Kevin Zeitler deserves to get to the Pro Bowl. And let's make that happen. Because, again, he has been very durable for this team ever since they brought him in through free agency a couple of years ago. All right, then some other quick hits here. The Ravens' threads for this game against the Rams, they will be in all purple, purple tops, purple bottoms. And the other day we gave the defensive grades from PFF on the highest-graded defensive players up to this point in the season. Now we've got the offensive grades in. Lamar Jackson leads the way. He's the highest-graded offensive player, 85.7. Mark Andrews, number two at 80. Tyler Linderbaum, number three at 75.9. Then Gus the Bus Edwards, also at 75.9. Morgan Moses, 75.8. And then Zay Flowers, 74.9. So we know that the Jacksonville Jaguars loom in a big AFC matchup after this one. It'll be week 15, Sunday Night Football, down in Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence, who's coming off the high ankle sprain last weekend, was seen practicing on Thursday. Wow. I mean, that's a heck of a turnaround for him. Now, granted, he's not running in this clip. He's just throwing and walking. And And he's got that big old knee brace. Yeah. Yes, he does. He's got a knee brace. We can't see his ankles. It's not down low enough in that clip for the audio only folks. It was just from, from his, you know, kneecaps up and he did have the brace on there. We could see, and he's just throwing footballs very, very casually, but uh, obviously 
that probably he's gonna give he's gonna try and give it a go this weekend. He's tough as nails, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he's able to get out of this weekend healthy, that the Ravens are gonna have to deal with him in a couple weeks. And then a couple other quick hits as well. I just wanted to follow up on the tweet that we sent or not sent, but shared with you earlier this week from Hayden Hurst's father uh, about where he's at post-concussion. And so Hayden took it on, took it upon himself to, to tweet an update. I appreciate everyone reaching out and checking on me. I suffered a pretty nasty concussion against the Bears a few weeks ago and don't remember up to four hours after the game. Scary situation, but the Panthers have been incredible walking me through this process. While it was scary, it is not career-ending. I'm starting my return to play this week, so fingers crossed I make it back for the last few weeks. God bless and keep pounding. And you know what? Who even cares that Carolina has been mathematically eliminated from the postseason? Huge news for Hayden. Obviously positive and very encouraging given where he was last month. And for his sake, a former Raven, hopefully he's back out there for Carolina playing the game that he loves pretty soon. Jeff Zarebek of The Athletic tweeted that Patrick Ricard said that his fine, that that absolutely bogus fine from the Cardinals game uh, a few weeks back has gotten rescinded upon appeal. So Pat got, what was that, like $20,000 plus will be um, hopefully thrown back into his account. I think it was something crazy like that, Sarah, it like 23000 crazy. It was a crazy number, and it was dumb that it was like yeah. a, a Fine in the first place. He blocked. He's a fullback. He blocked. <laughs> Seriously. And then we'll finish up. And don't quote me on that number. I think it was somewhere in the 20,000s. But anyway, and, and sure enough, I'm sure somebody in the comments is like, well, it's, it's nothing for them. Who cares? By principle, it is something. And it is uh, something 20, for them. It is something for them, especially for fullbacks. And that's nothing, that, that's nothing against the money that Pat Ricard makes, This isn't makes, like Deshaun Watson <laughs> money here, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's not like... Yeah teacher money or podcaster money either but no nobody's trying to throw away 20 grand it's it's it means something to him by the way pat's doing just fine he is doing just fine for himself i think he's got a couple houses love pat all right we'll finish here all 22 films uh who, who creates locally and especially in the youtube space really good stuff if you like the nitty-gritty football uh marcus williams is closing in on performing at his 2022 level by the way is this a tweet sarah it's a tweet, but he also put video with it. So go check out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do his whole video, but he's got film breakdown of it all. I got you. Okay, yeah. So basically, yeah. just the point here is that Marcus is closing in on performing at his 2022 level. He had five tackles and two passes defended in the Ravens' Week 12 win over the Chargers, and played 100 percent of the defensive snaps for the second week in a row. So a great way to finish, Marcus. Way to bear through what you've been dealing with this season. I mean, this is something else. You're showing a heck of a lot of heart. And um, while there were conversations about whether or not this this could be concerning uh, in terms of potentially having to shut you down because of uh, potential being a, a liability at times throughout this year, he has really turned it around. He deserves a ton of recognition for that, Sarah. Yep. Yep. Bobby, I'm going to let you close the show because I got a basketball team to go coach right now. So I'll let you close it down. Give a shout out to our partners and our sponsors. See everybody after the game Sunday. Oh, Bobby, plug my plug my thing for tomorrow, too, if you get a chance. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Will. All right. So All right. what time? What time? Good. What time are you going on? 1110. I don't know if it's live, but that's when I go. Okay. So we'll see. All, All right. right. Talk yep. to you later. Yep. We'll have a okay. quick little Bye. conversation. Have a good night. Yeah.
All right. So just want to say thank you to, to two of our newest patrons who are supporting everything we're building uh, here inside the channel through Patreon this month. That's Chef Trez, our guy, and Mark Wilson. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn about uh, what we're offering. Sarah's going on Kay Adams show, which is pretty freaking cool. I think that's FanDuel TV maybe. Don't know if it's live, but it's Friday at 11, 10 a.m. Eastern. Be on the lookout for clips. If it is live, then 11.10, there you have it. But I'm sure Sarah will will tweet more information. I just got to say, too, like this is a pretty big deal, uh, not only for Sarah individually, but for our show um, and a great promotional tool, obviously. So go check that out. Tweet at Kay. Tweet at Sarah tomorrow. and um, Or I should say today. Sorry, I'm, I'm on European time right now. I'm a little bit all over the place. But this is a big deal for us. I'm happy for Sarah to get that opportunity. And I'm really thrilled that that Kay thought of of her to reach out to. So special thanks to Game Time for sponsoring this episode. Special thanks to Sarah and all of you for supporting what we're doing here inside the vault across all of our platforms. The next time you will hear from us is in pregame live format before Ravens Rams at Be More Around Town. I'll be pregame live streaming. I'm flying back from Europe on Saturday, so there's a lot going on kind of a crazy schedule but i'm ready for the bye week to be over the extended bye week if you will and we can't wait to welcome week 14 of this nfl season rain or shine windy or not windy it could be a little dicey out there on sunday the 10th but we're certainly looking forward to that so you guys are the best we'll talk to you soon